Hey everyone, welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Thunder Rock'em Sock'em Anderson, one of your other hosts. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. Colin? Well, hey, Rock'em Sock'em. Thank up? you. Hi. Hey. Hi. Hey. Um, hey. RSE is also fine. Um, okay. R-E-S-E. Rick? Nope. R-E-S-E-C-P-T. Find out That's what dyslexia can do for you. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> we are on a Red Skull episode, Colin. Yep. And you so know what, you that, know what means. that means. Yeah. Be- do you want to let him in? Play, yeah. Play, play uh, James Wilcox, the well-read Skull Expert theme song. James Wilcox, the well-read Skull Expert theme song. I think we're I think we're nailing it. Yes, absolutely. James Wilcox, uh-huh. hey, here he is. I'm back. We're on a roll today. Um, mm. And you know what else is on a roll? Uh, what? <laughs> Johann Schmidt and Arnim Zola. Is he uh, a Kaiser roll or? Oh, very oh. good. Yeah, no, they're 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 making some magic. But speaking of magic, uh-huh. James, I was wondering if now's the time to ask you about your podcasting oh, right. history. Wait, wait, I forgot already. Uh, you know, I was going to, and then I had this note up, and then I deleted mm-hmm. it, and I don't actually don't remember. I'm gonna have mm-hmm. to. I'm gonna have to ask someone. Okay. I'm gonna phone makes a friend sense. or sure, something. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to get the timeline straight and sure, everything like that. That makes sure. sense. Okay. Yeah, you know right. what? Hey, fair. We'll come back to it. I love that this is like over the first like 30 minutes of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that. So we are talking about Captain America, the first Avenger, starting at minute seven minute minute minute, minute seventeen and sixteen seconds, and running until nineteen minutes and forty five seconds. And here is what happens: we open on the frozen mountainsides that the Hydra base is located. Schmidt asks Zola if they are ready. We see a quick homage to Arnim Zola's fate in the comics, as we see his face blown up on a monitor of sorts for a brief moment. He says, my machines require delicate cala- uh, calibration. I said collaboration, said collaboration. with me, the scientist. <laughs> with me, the scientist. He says, forgive me if I seem overcautious. Uh, and then he's, you know, we, we pan away and see him like looking through this little like, you know, little thing. Yeah. Schmidt asks about the certainty of the machine being able to contain the power of the artifact. Zola admits that the power is truly unknown, so he isn't sure it will work at all. He dons his sunglasses as Johan uh, grabs a tool to pick up the Tesseract and put it into the machine. They're not necessarily sunglasses. Like they're like blast they're like, goggles or something. Like, yeah. yeah, but they're, they're, they don't really cover all of his face. They do look like sunglasses. To me, they're just like very cool scientist glasses. Right. Like they, they are very clearly like they arc protect my glasses. face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, but also like I must look very cool in the office. Right. Um, because I am insecure. You're a 1940s um, German scientist, and you reach over, and yep, these are the goggles you put on, and that's like textbook. Because like you know, now, 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 like if in like if you go to high school or something like that, and you do like a lab, yeah, you get the ones that cover like yeah. a good third of your face, yeah. And part of it is probably that people used to wear those little sunglasses one where they're like, we are safe, but we look oh so cool, but then they lost you know something on their face, and they're mm. like, you know, we should really make them cover more. Hmm. Um. That is ingenuity. I miss and, I miss the uh, slutty ones myself. You can see just all that. Oh, mm-hmm. 
Don't mm. get me started. Well, okay. Well, let's get you started. So <laughs> what about these glasses does it for you? Oh, <laughs> where do I begin? <laughs> the power begins to turn on. Yeah, it does. Zola stabilizes <laughs> everything at 70%, one away from being very nice. Uh-huh. Um, Schmidt grows impatient. And he says, I have not come all this way for safety, doctor. And he absolutely cranks it. Uh, and then when he's done, he turns the dial all the way to the side. Are you trying? Um, no, sorry. I know. I A little bit. That's a lot. I did do that one actually specifically for you. Perfect. Um, there is a visible blast of blue energy. And then some blue rifts begin surging throughout the room, followed by some bizarre sounds and cries throughout them. It intensifies until something short circuits and a low humming noise is heard and it slowly reduces throughout the room. Arnim Zola looks to Schmidt and asks what that was, but Schmidt turns him around to face the machine and the product that they are attempting to create. I must congratulate you, Arnim. Your designs do not disappoint, though they may require some reinforcement. Zola admires his work and says, This power we've collected could power all my sorry, could power my designs. All my designs. He takes off his little glasses like he's a CSI cold open, mm-hmm. and he says, This will change the war. And Johann Schmidt walks next to him and says, Dr. Zola, this will change the world. And it's a good line. Yeah. It's a very good line. But they both feel like they should have been like, you know. Yeah. Either taking the sunglasses off or putting them back on for a, ow, who are you? Right? Yeah. Uh, but that's not the moment that we get. It's right. just this very sinister moment. Um, and so, uh, I. it is also funny because right before we recorded everything, uh, Thunder slash Rock'em Sock'em yeah. did mention uh, that it is hilarious how often in movies like people get impatient and they just turn everything up. I mean, it happens twice in this movie. Yep. It, it's going to happen again, you know? Uh, so it's very interesting how, like, we frequently just see people going, you know what? It's time to just really, like, hmm. who cares about safety? Let's let's go to the max, yeah. because that's where things get interesting. I would love thoughts, questions, concerns about this scene that we've just witnessed. I just want to say that this is a classic scientist in a lab and the manager comes in and is like get it done faster and the scientist is like Mm -hmm. i'm going really fast and the manager's like nope and then the worst um, the worst outcome where it worked out and the manager was fine to have done that horrible thing it it just it really i really felt it well because you know it's that thing in movies where if it had failed right yeah he would have turned to Zola and been like, you have let me down, and yeah. like shot him or something, yeah. right? But because it works, he's like, ah, I'm a genius for like for saying let's take it to... Now, it's he did like, say uh, like, You're, you did a good job. Well, so. he, yeah, that's true. I mean, I think that that's more for Arnhem's benefit than... Right. Like, it does feel a little bit like, I'm going to lay it on thick because you're going to make more for me. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, but I do think that like, after it works... Yeah. You, I think that he knows that it's because of his yeah. choice, yeah, you know? For sure. Sometimes you just got to crank it until it works. I mean, mm-hmm. go for the peak, chase that peak. Mm-hmm. You'll get there. Mm. You'll get there. I actually, you know, don't necessarily have anything major. I, I've been thinking about, like, what to possibly ask about this. Because, like, if this is a, like, I mean, it's a good scene, I think, right? Like, it, it really sets up what 
uh, kind of essentially what their stakes are about to be in the movie, right? Like they are making a power play and this is essentially the thing of like, if we want it to work, this has to be like, it will only work if this works, right? Well, it extends Um, that Raiders of the Lost Ark thing, which by the way, we didn't actually mm -hmm. talk about in the first scene and the, uh, the Fuhrer digs for treasures in the desert is a Raiders Mm -hmm. of the Lost Ark ref. Um, Oh yeah, that's right. You made a sound in the face. I was like, we'll come back to that. Um, they didn't. But when they got spoilers for the uh, f- almost forty-year-old movie Raiders of the Lost Ark, but um, the uh, more than forty actually didn't it turn yeah, forty l- like, last year? Um, they open the ark and like everyone gets sort of like melted and whatever. But like, what were they gonna do with it? And I like this movie because it's like we got the magic thing, and here's what we're gonna do it with it. We're gonna plug it into our stuff. I'm like, all right, applied thing, and not just like. Oh wow! Look, it's killing us. I just like, uh, you know, they're like, okay, we take the little ice tongs and put them in the thing, and it, and it, and it works. Um, yeah. So that's the Tonsberg. Was that the Tonsberg? Yeah, yeah. The tongs for the Ta- iceberg. The Tonsberg, right? The Tonsberg, right? Tonsberg, um, Norway. Yeah. 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 Uh, when you, Norway, no I, I already forgot what the joke was at this point because I got so distracted by trying to make that joke yeah, yeah. and also not choking on the water that I was drinking. Joking and choking. But one of the jokes that you just made, I almost James, spit my thunder. drink out all over the Thunder, screen. please don't talk about my alt Twitter here, okay? <laughs> uh, let's see. It was James has been trying to keep it a secret for so long. That's my treasure that I keep a secret. Um, mm. Well, you didn't do a very good job of keeping it a secret. <laughs> That's why I didn't mention that one. As the answer to your question, <laughs> what's something you'd give away almost immediately? Ah, oh, now I have an answer. <laughs> well, okay, you know what though? Yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. I know that that scene's over. Yeah. But what is something that like, you know that like if someone asked you for it, you would just you wouldn't care. You would just immediately give it up. Booze. Interesting. I meant more like information. Or yeah. Something yeah. Like that. Information what, what's about booze. Like, oh, okay, sure. Do you have information about booze? I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, you know, ethanol. I got the structure there. It's a, I got a whole paper on it. I made a, you know, those uh, molecule model things. Yeah. Dildos. I, I had a long for a long time. I had a dog that was the molecular structure of eth- ethanol uh, that had a little collar around it that said ethany was the name of the dog that I made out of ethanol. You made a dog out an- of ethanol. That's, yeah. That's. That's some Jurassic Park stuff. I mean, I don't know if that's <laughs> safe. I, that seems unwise. I may have taken it apart, but yeah. That My dog God, was you took your dog up. apart? Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, I do have an Avengers yeah. Ensemble real quick if we, if we want to do that. Oh, for Arnim Zola. For Arnim Zola. And it, it contains perfect. within it a quiz. Perfect. Yeah, a let's get to that. one question quiz to see just how much James Wilcox knows Toby Jones. But before that, here's who Toby Jones is. Uh, Dr. Arnold Zola is played by a guy named uh, Toby Jones. He was in Indiana Jones 5, Tetris. That is wild. Hold on one second. Given what we've talked about over the course of this evening, Indiana Jones 5 and Tetris is a wild thing to start with. Um, Well, we also talked about Tetris off-air, right? Was That that, that was before we started recording, right? That was off-air, yeah. Yeah. That was off air, well, but like it's crazy that that, well, that yeah. again we're we're telling you now like what so you're not like what does that mean? We I think like maybe it's two because minutes Tetris even before stole we my hair, right? And that was it. that's yeah. all you need to know. It explains yeah. itself, right? So, but it is wild though that we, those are two of the things that we've talked about right. tonight. Yeah, uh, he was in the TV show The Dark Crystal Age of Re- Age of Resistance. 
Um, he was in Jurassic World 2, which is actually Jurassic Park 5. Um, he was in one episode of uh, the TV show Sherlock in one of the most frustrating and great villain roles of all time. Uh, he was in The Hunger Games 1, 2, and 4. Uh, he was in Muppets Most Wanted, as was someone that we talked about a couple episodes with Tay. Uh, he was in the John Le Carre adaptation Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. He was in Harry Potter's 2 and 7. He was the voice of Dobby. Um, and he was in one episode of Doctor Who because everyone was. So right. now, uh, James, I have a quiz for you. And here it is. I'm ready. Toby Jones shares one non-Marvel credit with Dominic Cooper, who plays the brilliant, boastful, and beautiful Howard Stark. Which work do they have in common? And this is a special adaptation of a literary work uh, edition of this quiz, which is the only iteration that exists. All right. A, 2007's adaptation of Stephen King's The Mist. B, the 2011 Marilyn Monroe biopic, My Week with Marilyn. C, 2009's adaptation of David Foster Wallace's Brief Interviews with Hideous Men. Or D, the 1999 biopic of Joan of Arc, uh, which was called The Messenger, which isn't an adaptation, and I forgot that uh, they weren't all adaptations. See, before uh, before I knew the format of the quiz, I was just going to yell out B, just randomly mm. hoping it was multiple okay. choice and so i think having zero knowledge or intelligence of any kind i'm just gonna go with b because my b is only- correct a. that is correct <laughs> see you gotta listen you gotta listen to oh, wait, your you say c no uh no it's not c it's b. <laughs> uh yeah he was uh cooper was Mil- was a guy named milton green and uh toby jones was a guy named arthur jacob i looked up who they were and then forgot Slash didn't care to write them down. Yeah. Jones was into the 2007 adaptation of The Mist. Uh, Cooper was in the David Foster Wallace adaptation. And Jones was in the Joan of Arc movie. But they were only together in that Marilyn Monroe biopic where Michelle Williams plays Marilyn Monroe, basically yelling at uh, Laurence Olivier, played by, I don't know, someone else you've heard of, but I forget him. And that's my quiz. Great job. 100%. Nailed Finally. it. Hell yeah. <laughs> really that. earning that you English got degree. all the way there. Uh, I have one question before we move on, right? And that is just that in this scene, we see uh, uh, Arnim Zola being micromanaged, right? <laughs> and so I'm just curious, uh, it, it, one, of, one of two stories, right? Like, Or you can give me both if you have one for both. But uh, do you have any kind of horror story about being micromanaged at some point in your job where it either did work out like it did in this one, or it just went horribly wrong. And then you were like, you see, this is why I said I'm stable at 70%. You should have trusted me. Uh, or on the other side of that, what's a moment where you've been kind of like Schmidt and just gotten impatient and then just been like, screw it. Like just, just go all in and uh, had it work out for you. I, I've been pretty fortunate not to really get micromanaged too much. Like, I, I think uh, in my retail work, I had so many managers kind of coming and going that I ended up mm. being the veteran of a couple of places. So there's enough trust there. But yeah, mm. so, sometimes you gotta you gotta go the max power way, even if that's you know the wrong way. 
but faster. Yeah. Mm. And a, a, a <laughs> lot of times that's 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 Christmas time, you know? You just mm. you just pile up everything in a really precarious pile and takes care of itself I you were, eventually. I it was a figurative uh, Christmas time and then I realized you were talking about literal actual that time yeah. around Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In, in, in retail you just kind of shove it out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as someone who also once worked retail, that was like it for for me. It was uh, it was um, Christmas time and also back to school season um, because back to school season was like big for us, and like the store was like beyond capacity. I mean, like of honestly, I think beyond a safe, reasonable like way. Like the amount of stuff that they shove into those stores uh, because they're like, well, it's just easier to have an. An, like an overabundance of these things uh, and just work through them then trying to deliver them multiple times a week. But sometimes I'm like, you know what, though? It'd be safer mm-hmm. if you just did it. But uh, they weren't going to you know, do the cost. They weren't going to do the costlier thing, you know? Right. They were going to do exactly like you said, the max power. It's just faster. Just get it done. Yeah. I have, um, I have had in the past or present currently a manager who both micromanages and is super hands-off, which is the most frustrating. He both wants to tell everyone exactly what to do, but also leave them to their own devices to figure it out. And I I just hate it. I just really, James, really hate it. I'm so, sorry. I know I know we've been doing nicknames, but real quick, James, I, I, I thought we promised that we weren't going to bring up our <laughs> stuff from behind the scenes on the show. Listen, it's the only place so... I can air these grievances. Thank you so much, though, for giving your answers, gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, that is all that I have between Arnim Zola, the scene, and my guest, Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, any last thoughts before we move on? Arnim Zola reminded me of the doctor from Dark City. And even though I realized that Dark City definitely postdates his comic appearances by a significant margin, I was just like, I should watch Dark City. I wonder how it's aged in the 20 years since I last watched it. I don't think I've ever watched it, but I feel like I know what you're talking about. You gotta, you like gotta catch it on cable culture. at like two in the morning. That's the only way to watch it. That's that's the only way to watch to watch some movies for sure. Mm-hmm. Catch it at like three quarters of the way through, where it's like everything's coming, you know, wrapping up, and you get that yeah. UPN commercial for Moesha. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah, sister, sister. <laughs> so speaking of '90s TV. We have a show on the Scavengers Network called The Lost Years, where they are watching Boy Meets World, which is a show that happened in the 90s and also took place in the 90s uh, and was also watched primarily in the 90s. So the two hosts are Tay and Sid. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tay, you have heard previously on this podcast talking about a couple of Mm -hmm. uh, scenes with Bucky and Steve. Um. Tay's favorite show is Boy Meets World. Sid has never seen it. They're doing sort of a rewatch of of the whole show. It is fun. They're learning lessons and making memories. And it is a great show. You should go check it out. It is The Lost Years, and it is on the Scavengers Network. Memories, the one thing that James Wilcox can't hold on to. But what he can hold on to are memories. Uh... (laughs) I probably shouldn't, but I could. That is going to do it for us for today. James, thank you so much for being on our show and talking Red Skull and science and uh, cranking it. Know, all the cranking it <laughs> yeah. and the after effects, the come down and uh, 
the glowing blue orbs. We're gonna head out. Uh, we have a couple more scenes to record with James about Red Skull, but I have one last thing to say, and that is that my name is James Thunder Rock'em Sock'em Anderson. And I am Colin Parker. And I am James Wilcox. Excelsior. Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.